0: Welcome. We'll be with us oh.
1: shortly. There she Hold on. Is. Yeah, oh, she, yeah. There we go. Little rough. <laughs> she still can't hear. Okay, we're having a little bit of technical <laughs> difficulties. So Sharon will join us when she can. We can hear her. She yeah. can't hear us. But yeah, she, disirregardlessly, nope. uh, welcome to Dis- the show. Way.
0: I, I demand a review of that word. Disregard. Dis- Dis- disregard i'm sorry
1: i'm sorry that was my mistake that was my mistake disregardlessness lee
0: well you don't want to take things for granted (laughs) we could do a whole show on that i
1: love these idiotic starts to the show where we're just like you know anyway can you hear me Um, yes okay can you hear us
2: yes finally Hi, Sharon. Welcome to the show. Hi! Long time <laughs> uh, to see. <laughs>
1: okay, let's start over. Hey, welcome to Lawfully Chaotic, Hi. episode 29. Um, <laughs> my co-hosts, as always, are here with me, Jason Baldrick of TTG TTRPG Academy, and Sharon Smith, Barrybot, the fabulous Barrybot. Um, we are going to talk about the biggest thing to happen in Dungeons & Dragons ever, well maybe not ever. I probably was bigger when it actually came out because it didn't exist before then. But arguably uh, the most ever? incredible thing that ever happened, the most D&D incredible thing, one Garrett D&D. Gary Gygax, yes.
0: Gygax had an insurance job and he used to sneak his notes into their Xerox machine and the entire first volume of a three volume set was done on an insurance company's uh, xerox machine i always thought that story was fun fact i didn't know that you want to hear another fun fact i
1: was doing the same thing writing the same game but my <laughs> employer wouldn't let me use the copy machine so that's why gary gary gygax beat me to it so you know it should be me
0: sitting here <laughs> like, like, so it's like what's a copy machine yeah <laughs> like you can't do that you can't do that here this is work and i'm like I just i just learned about something called facsimile <laughs> Do you two old white guys know anything about facsimile machines? Oh my and, and god. The reason why I can safely make fun of myself because of that is well, my youngest children, mm-hmm. I mentioned things like that and they're like, "Huh? What? I never used
1: fax machines when there were fax machines." So, Oh, I I did. I used to fax my bottom. <laughs>
0: you put them. <laughs> I used to fax my bottom. And on sit that note. On Ziro, I'd go si- sit on the Xerox machine. Hey, oh, JS on. Henderson.
1: Jeff, <laughs> thank you for joining us in chat. You are the I'd, first person I, to join us in chat tonight. You win some I, stickers. I, 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 I sit I'll on give on the to the Xerox you.
0: machine and then I photocopied my bum. And then I take the copy of my bum and I fax it to a friend who used to work at another office. and I And I said, hey. I'm sending you something from down under. It's bottom's deep. Don't get left behind. Take advantage of this booming sale. Man.
2: You should have said bottoms up. Let us let us
0: know <laughs> let us know when you're done. <laughs> oh, in that case we got at least 2 hours. Give okay.
2: Uh
1: Jeff, thanks for joining us. Welcome. Uh, I'll give you some stickers next time we play.
0: Um, yeah,
1: so we're gonna talk about um and Gary, welcome also. I'll give I'll send you some stickers since you're in Vegas. Um oops shit, I shouldn't have said that. God, Gary's what? What? That was secret information. Gary, they on to you. That's that's Vegas, uh, Michigan. It's a small town outside of Detroit. Vegas. All right, enough of this, enough of this bullshit. Let's talk some fucking DD stuff. Um D and D one, um, yeah. I as usual, I got a lot to say about this topic. Well, <laughs>
2: so, I think, I, I think how do you want to start? Let's let let's let we...
0: Sharon. Okay, before I, I, we start, yeah, yeah. Before we start, let's let's summarize the subject matter. Let's give it a. I'm going to give it a high level summary because I've been doing an obnoxious amount of reading lately on all the content, um, reading a lot of feedback, watching a lot of other people's feedback, trying to get a feel. Um, There was one particular person that I felt okay with in the feedback. But, so 1D&D is essentially a playtest that's going to be evolving over a period of time. Their first drop was a change or the potential playtest change of character development. That's all that's Mm -hmm. dropped so far. Now, in the video promo they talk about that um they also talk about a few changes to the rolling system when it comes to potential encounters checks and stuff like that they also talk about an integrated vtt solution that is going to be designed to be integrated into your DD beyond system um so to be fair to the topic i just want us to you know give it a summary they haven't really delivered anything much much all they did delivered was a 21 page document of some character playtest stuff that they think they're working on right that they you know then every like month or something they're gonna open up a feedback link so that people could give feedback to it um and then drop new content at the same time um if you have a D D beyond license like i do obviously i have a much easier access point to it um because it's integrated into my subscription model that I have. Um, so I just want to give that a high summary because um, I really like Barrybot's notes. They, I really you know the best part about your notes, Barrybot, that I really love that really inspired me to do my research was the microtransaction bit. Oh,
1: And yeah. that's
0: been reaffirmed by five other reviewers. And I really felt that that was a very insightful put together point that you put in our notes. And yes, folks, we study. Barry does the (laughs) notes. She sends it out a week early. We read. We study. We go out there and take a look at things. It also um, encouraged me to go out and redo what I do every now and then. And I go into Google and I search TTRPG Universal Rule Sets. And then I look for the top 10 hits that come up over and over and over again. So I've been reading up on that because it really inspired me with all this discussion, you know, around getting rid of the um, – <laughs> I know, you're not kidding. Um, but the microtransaction transaction thing really got my blood boiling. But Yeah, I found is- it interesting
1: also that you put that in there, Sharon, because I actually mentioned that with somebody – I don't remember who, but I mentioned that, uh, I was talking about this with somebody a couple of weeks ago or when it, were a week and a half ago, whenever it dropped. And that was part of, uh, um, what I was talking about also. Yeah, I got distracted. I'm sorry.
2: Yeah. It's bound to happen since everything has gone digital now. So I, I'm not surprised if they're going to do microtransactions for the new upcoming virtual tabletop. So it's going to be so, interesting.
1: Yeah. And I think, uh, well, let, let's, let me jump in and then Sharon, I want to give it to you to kind of really start the, uh, deep the, dive,
2: go for the it. Deep
1: dive. Um, I'm going to give my, <laughs> my usual <laughs> high level pros and cons. Um, I am both very excited for this and very scared. My scared part, uh, uh, comes from, uh, and we can go deeper into this, but it comes from the proliferation of five. e has seen a, an explosion of content, printed content, expensive printed content, um, more than any other um, edition. And I think it's safe to say that, especially with what's been happening, (laughs) especially with what's been happening over the... (laughs) Oh, Jeff, you know me all too well. Uh, Over the past few years, with the explosion of D&D, it's safe to say that a lot of people have invested a lot of money And I think I am not alone in saying that there is a fear out there that they are changing the 5E rules. Now, they say they are not, and they say they are adding to them what I see as like a homebrew, you know, putting stuff on top uh, uh, and whatnot. But I don't know. I still have this trepidation because I still feel like this is an opportunity from a commercial standpoint for them to say, hey, buy all this shit again. Now, yeah. what I'm what I'm super excited before is the entire digital aspect because as we have been talking for months, um, you know there is a huge hole in the uh, the digital aspect. The one package, no pun intended, of <laughs> of a digital package of how to play this game. Everything from what D and D Beyond already does to the virtual tabletop that they've talked about to creating and this is where Wizards of the Coast I I hope they're finally catching on creating an entire digital community a CRM customer relations management community and owning it and yeah you know what give the give the digital content away for free with a with a with a physical book or discounts or whatever yeah. because where they are going to clean up if they do it right are the microtransactions look at world of warcraft i want to buy a dumb hat i want to buy clothes i want to buy a mount you know all this shit um and if they were smart about it they could they could create an entire gamified um world around playing the game where you're not only interacting with the game but you're interacting with the community as a player of the game if that makes sense like i level up as a dm or as a player if you will so anyway we can get deeper into that i'm going to shut up and let you dive into your research
2: you sure you don't want to <laughs> no don't just
1: give me that opportunity because i'll never <laughs> shut the fuck up so just keep just go Honestly right. is
0: the best policy
2: So uh so basically for the new D&D one content they've released uh character races um such as human ardling is a new one dragonborn dwarf elf gnome halfling orc and tiefling it's interesting because like for these uh specific races there aren't any half elves anymore or half orcs you could bring it up to interpretation of you know you could pick one traits of the race and just use that and just uh, customize the physical appearance of your character. And they're also trying to have people build your own backgrounds like BYOB.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. I really, I, I, I really have to set up my stream deck to properly. I mean, right now, all I use it for is emojis. I really need to have like, you know, the, the, <laughs> I shit, you know?
2: Yeah, and everyone gets to choose a first level feet. Just everybody right off the bat. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yep. So, okay, I don't want to interrupt Sharon, but do you want us to react to this as we talk through it? Um, uh, yes, there's, I feel, <laughs> I apologize. We, I apologize audience. Uh, it, I feel like there's so freaking much to talk about. Like, I don't know where to, to even begin, but, um, so I have a question actually, uh, on, uh, based on the races. So, and I know, and I understand that this is just play testing and this is just mm-hmm. a tiny snippet. However, what happened to, they just introduced, Like a dozen new races in (laughs) Spelljammer. What happened to all the races in Tasha's? In all the Mm -hmm. in all the Critical Role content? Like where? (laughs) See, that's where that's that's where I'm saying. Okay, you just released all this shit, and now you've recondensed it back into into this tiny little snippet.
2: Yeah, I'm really thinking it's because they're (laughs) trying to introduce more newer players onto the platform, so they're really just kind of narrowing it down to just these top. A few races and then really trying to have people uh, get creative with like their backstories and their you know character creation essentially and then you know and then I thought it was interesting there's only like three spell lists now there's the divine arcane and primordial Uh, I'm curious what you guys think about that and uh, that one's
1: Well, in in regards to the spells, that doesn't bother me so much. Again, Mm. I I don't know. I have a problem. (laughs) This started with Tasha's, in my my opinion. Tasha's, when they got rid of all the racial stuff and basically said, you can put your points anywhere. I understand why they did it. I'm not going to get into that. Again, I've already ranted about that. Um, But in my opinion, what that does is it dilutes it so much that everybody becomes the same again. They're talking to so much about character differentiation and yes, your background story probably is the biggest driving force for character differentiation. Yeah. However, I still feel like a lot of people want to see that differentiation, you know, on their character sheet. You know? And and I feel like to your point, the spells, it doesn't bother me so much because there was already so much overlap. So I guess, in a way, it's it's okay. But I kind of see it as following the same formula, where it's like, okay, well, now, you know, five classes use, mm-hmm. you know, all the same spells. So, um, yeah, exactly. When everybody's a super, there, then no one is. That sums it up perfectly. Um, you were about to say the, the, the critical rules? <laughs> Fucking hate. <laughs> Dumb. As what do you shit. mean?
2: I, I wasn't even gonna say it. <laughs>
1: oh, was I not clear about that? Let me let me explain what I meant by that. Dumb as shit.
2: So for uh people in the chat and for people listening and watching, uh, natural ones and natural twenties are auto fails or auto uh succeeds, even on That's ability fine. checks and saving throws. And you could also have inspiration give you advantage on rolls and you could also give it out to other players as well. But why do you think it's dumb?
1: What I don't like about it is now only weapons do crit damage. I guess that's a little bit different, but it's it, no, it's not. It's still crits. That's fucking stupid.
2: Yeah, only buff like PCs th- can a hit critical hits. hit is
0: the best part. What, wait, what'd you say? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't said anything in 10 minutes but I saw 3 Mile put that up I was like yeah buddy you've been paying attention (laughs) a
1: critical hit or fail even is the best part of playing Dungeons and Dragons they just neutered the shit out of it
0: Yeah, I don't think that's the best part about playing D&D well you're playing it wrong obviously
1: obviously I only (laughs) play it
2: 9 times a week (laughs)
1: no i think i i think it's I, i i'm not see to me that rule goes out the window i've got i actually have an expanded critical rule uh homebrew rule that i've been using and my players fucking love it so when you roll a crit fail or a crit hit you roll a d12 and i have charts with that that expand just a little bit from the basic double dice it's it's it follows that formula but there's you know there's a little bit more to it but You know, again, they're like oversimplifying it. And I get it. And you're absolutely right that they're trying to appeal to new players. Yeah. And that is where my fear comes in, is that they are going to. They're going to cater so much to bringing new people in that they're going to alienate their base. Yeah. And with a product like this, you don't need to bring new people in. The base does that already. Yeah. so that that is the the core of why uh, of my um, uh, of my um, negativity towards rant. what rant my rant of, sleep, of I what know. they're doing I, I think you know it's it's There's a classic it's a classic. If it's a classic.
0: If You put tennis balls on your walker. <laughs> I don't understand what you what you're walking for. <laughs> <laughs> your tennis balls let you roll around? I'm, I'm Jason, you're like now if you exactly oh shit, this there's teenagers <laughs> yeah. out there. Now and if you'll I'm, ex- scared. I'm scared. I'm staying home.
1: Yeah, fuck you. Now if you'll excuse me, it's 4 p.m. <laughs> I have to go eat dinner. No, I'm serious. This is it. It's I see the mistake of classic you know, corporate mistake of how can we, how can we increase sales?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Is that really a mistake though? Not from their standpoint.
0: Of course it's not a mistake. In the
1: short run, it's not in the long I mean, run. It, if it ends up killing the game because they fucking pissed off, you know, 20 million, uh, uh players then,
0: then, but I don't think I you don't, could kill. A, I mean, I would say, and then I want to, you know, I'm, I haven't said much, which is rare. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, say- I can't, I can't, before you go into it, I can't, no,
1: it's not wrong. From their standpoint, that is their goal. It, as my, as my buddies always remind me when I spout off like this, it's a business and their goal is to make
0: money. I get it. Okay? I, I will simply state this. <laughs> not all creators are good curators and not all curators know how to be creators. So we're in that, you know, we're in that classic kind of window of time. There have been many attempts to murder this game. If Gary Gygax can be found in a basement buried in half a kilo of cocaine, you know, and the game still continues, right? I don't think half a kilo will bury somebody. You know, the the Dave Arneson battles that took place, the fact that they wanted to license D&D toilet paper at one point. Um, Space balls, the toilet paper. Exactly. (laughs) So there have been numerous attempts, whether it was, you know, TSR 1.0, you know, TSR 2.0, 3.0, and then eventually Wizards 1.0. There have been many attempts to murder this game. And fundamentally, you could play this game for years without ever spending money. You could. You could basically spend enough money on a set of dice if you have a good storyteller and people that want to play a game with fantasy and imagination, you can play it for a buck. You can play it for a buck. It's not a big deal. Um, well, yeah, um, but I'm yeah, yeah, of course. Everything else related to this game is emotion, nostalgia, and the hope of the idea of fantasy and imagination. And what does it mean to play something that used to be holistically unique? Now, the challenge that we run into is they're turning something that we all feel in different levels um, is, you know, is this game really capable of being unique anymore? Not really. As soon as you open up a platform to hundreds of millions of people in either a digital space or you're constantly retuning it to sell to a whole new generation of people each time, you know, it, it's it's a challenge. It's a challenge. Wow. Gary, you are like a, an evil fucking genius.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> What's distressing Ooh. is everything they're talking about now has already been on my playbook for the last five years. Tailspire well, already does a great VTT job. It's an amazing no, I, platform. Yeah, it's it just not all in one way. place. Yeah. Well, it's all in one place for me because everything else that be- yeah. <laughs> d and Beyond is okay. is fucking garbage.
1: Okay, 5% of people, 5% of people are you. So, no, it's not in one place. <laughs> well, here's the thing. You do a, that- you do an extremely good job at it because you are super passionate about it and you have the the time and the energy to do it. Most this people don't.
0: This is fair.
2: Well, here's the thing too is that luckily it's in a play test phase. So, like it's
0: Oh, sure is it?
2: Well, I mean, and then the thing is, too, is that rule of cool can also just fix this, too, for your they, own they, independent games.
0: Everything they is say it's in, in the playtest phase
1: but, to shut up fuckers like me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, we're it's, checking uh, your feedback. Like that first drop uh, to both your points, Barry and Um, Bri, um that's only the first group of yeah. um, alterations of characters. There's whole other drops coming for more of the character alterations. If you have your homebrew dial set to on in the DD Beyond, I think yes. the last time I checked, there were 1,200 races. So the wow. argument for their playtests holds little cadence or water for me because I've already moved beyond what they think they want to become. I've already gotten rid of levels, I've already gotten rid of classes and subclasses, I've already boiled down the magic to what I think players would enjoy based on each different table that runs with the rules um i've i I wanted to give all the narrative skill back to the players so their stories are their characters now they're 20 years behind me as far as Mm -hmm. i'm concerned their content for me is just the ingredients of soup the things that i use to stir my imagination and that's it yeah
1: well you are you are both right and sharon yes it is it for an experienced dm it, it still comes down to the rule of cool which is why yeah. you know yeah. i haven't i obviously i mean i can't make a a informed decision based on one 21 page snippet of hundreds of pages to come i mean i homebrew the shit out of stuff too um i actually like a more complicated game so i add all these cuckamame rules which generally add to the fun well, but
0: i actually enjoy I, your skill tree i like how you did the skill tree thing i think that was thank you and that was based, wow. I feel like that was based on the vibe of your players.
1: Yeah, uh, believe it or not, not so much. That was based on my vibe. And of all of my homebrew, that's the one that gets used the least because people have a hard time understanding it. I may have made it a little too complicated, but.
0: Oh, that, you know what? That's a horrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know,
1: I, I I I hope that, to your point, Sharon, I well, both of your points, I think if they were smart about it, they would, they would do what they said they were going to do, which is the very first thing they said, we're not getting rid of 5e. We're building upon it. So mm-hmm. they should... they should. Did you really, Jeff? Oh, Jeff used my skill tree. I didn't know that. Oh, that's <laughs> right. When we were playing. Yeah, he was the only one that used it. No, actually, a couple people did. All right. Everything I say is bullshit. <laughs> um, secondary for me and my game groups. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I totally lost my train of thought go ahead Sharon <laughs> no so surprises. what do you
2: what do you guys think of these two um
1: oh that's I, right yeah
2: have you guys read about the uh the stone cunning feet for the dwarf mm-hmm <gasps> okay so guys if you haven't read it, Basically, for dwarves, uh, it's like a tremor sense. When they touch, like, stone or anything, they're able to detect movement up to 60 feet. I don't know why they haven't just done that from, like, the (laughs) get-go. I thought that was super cool. And then uh, the grapple uh, condition was also interesting, is that uh, your movement is zero, but... You have disadvantage. You roll with disadvantage, and you can't attack your uh, attacker or grappler.
1: Grappler, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, some of the stuff I read was really awesome. The some of the stuff, like the the critical stuff, I just I'm you not. You like monsters use it.
0: can't critical hit anymore?
1: Yeah, exactly. Or spells? It's just you know. Oh, great! I'm a wizard, so I can never crit. That's just dumb.
2: That's pretty sad.
1: Right? Well, it's not gonna be used. I, I guess I should sh- I guess I should scratch off the twenties on all my dice.
0: Well and, um J.S. Henderson brought one up that I've been using for years. Medic. Which is uh custom feet for uh med kits, like healing yeah, that kits. Was, yeah. So if you have access to a healing kit, why not throw a bunch of stuff at it and give it some uh, teeth and meat to what, yeah, that was doing. that
1: was the biggest one in my skill tree. Was was uh, medic, um, no, yeah, a wand, a wand they, no, uh, they said one one melee and ranged weapons. Is if you jam it up someone's, yeah, <laughs> so I was just yeah. right. gonna say, is if a you wand poke weapon? somebody in the eye with it, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> great. So you critted on one damage, you do two damage,
2: mirror
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> storyteller. If I take the wand and jam it in his eye and roll natural 20, is that a crit? I would just let Mira just succeed on the intimidation factor of it. As you hold See, it the wand in his be... eye, he evacuates and then it, passes out. It, out it, would be it would be really cool <laughs>
1: to, because Jason, you've made this point that the, mm-hmm. the DC system is the core of the game. And that is a really basic uh, mm-hmm. mechanic so it would be really cool if they did this um, as, like, just homebrew rules on top of rules on top of rules. <laughs> yes, it is. But again, you do one damage. Great, you critted. Now you do two. Yeah. Um.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it, one d first of all, I'm just gonna say it's a stupid name stupid name <laughs> really um, I can't stand one
2: d d to rule them
0: all <coughs> exactly all
1: it, it, it's, I'm it, I'm neutral on it it's not the greatest it's not you know what would be an
0: amazing name for this game
1: Brian Weiss's d d system
0: no Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> oh wait that already exists how is that just call it D&D
2: friends and don't... Wine Cellars
0: <laughs> What'd you say? Wives <laughs> and wine and w- cellars.
1: <laughs> I love that t-shirt that like a bunch of orcs are around, uh, around the table. And, and one of them is wearing t-shirts that say um, humans and houses.
0: Yeah. But if we use mazes and monsters, uh, uh, Tom Hanks is going to want his piece of the pie. So we'll skip that. <laughs> With- <laughs> he exactly. beat you to it.
1: <laughs> yeah dragons and dungeons. <laughs> okay, how about for the rest of the show we just come up That's with a all names for one D&D. Dice game. That game well, they played on Stranger Things.
0: And what's interesting is I don't know how familiar people are with the homebrew process in D&D Beyond, but they actually have a certification process for your submission. Yeah. Yeah. So if you actually create a homebrew yeah. item oh, yeah. and, or homebrew anything...
1: It shows if, up if you for submit
0: it and it matches the formula that they approve against, then there's always a possibility it becomes approved rule uh, sets within the homebrew uh, <laughs> uh, uh, universe. Um,
1: deck, so you vampires. meet in a tavern. Dot dot dot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> vampires. I love it. So uh, <laughs> I'm gonna, keep it going, world. chat. <laughs> So you meet in a tavern. Join.
0: Join. Heels, bro. (sighs) I don't know. I I imagine that there's been many generations that have quibbled over. I'm sure there have.
1: I'm not the first person to rant. I'm not going to be the last. This will not be my
0: last rant. Their digital marketing approach to the drop was pretty well. You know, it was well done, right? It did hit all the right notes. Had all the right blend, the right mix, it had all the right. <laughs> you know, looking for group, you know, it hit all the right tones that I think they're trying to set. Um, mm, I will disagree on that. I think it
1: was pretty damn cryptic. Yeah,
0: eh, well, but that's the tone they want to be cryptic. Oh, well, okay,
1: so I think then that's they the tone succeeded. That they're
0: looking for because you're going to feel like everything's a loose thread, you know. So everything's a loose thread. Well, let's go read and and write everything that they have right now. And, and figure out what's going on.
1: Gary, I totally disagree because if you saw really? two shows ago, if you saw two shows ago, I think the movie's going to suck ass.
2: <laughs> I have hopes for it. I think oh, it's going to uh, be okay, not, like, really awesome. I think it's going to be okay, though. Hey
0: Definitely
2: man, better than the Christopher Pike's the in
0: it. I'm cool.
1: Christopher Pike? Chris Pine. Pine. Chris Chris Pike whatever. was the admiral.
0: Yeah, but <laughs> to me, Chris Pike is Chris Pike and Shatner, and he's mm. always been the Kirk I've always wanted. <clears throat> always, although the, you know, some of the new Star Trek stuff is pretty cool. I would say if D and D one or D and D two, one D and D does that mean the next time they're going to call it two D and D or three? No, D&D those are additions. D-
1: the, the, no, those are additions. They said no more additions. <laughs> then don't call it one D and D; just call it D and D. I agree with you.
2: I mean, no, technically, D&D. it is two D. Okay, In let sense. me. Okay, let me
1: switch to a positive. <laughs> let me switch to a positive <laughs> note. The digital aspect. I actually do. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I actually do have uh, high hopes for the digital aspect because I know that you and I have differing views on D and D Beyond. You hate it. I pretty I much just hate, love it. I,
0: I enjoy the idea of it, um, and I tolerate it. I hate lazy programming. And the, the platform just screams of lazy, lazy yeah, yeah. programming. Okay, so. I, that, that part I
1: overlook, so I like it. Um, but uh, I am extremely excited for the prospect of the current D&D Beyond with the programming fixed and the search algorithms and all that shit. Combined with Tailspire, okay. Now the third part of that pie, as I said, is curating the community. They already have. You know, when a company sets out to develop a CRM program, which is customer relations management, when the company sets out to, to start a CRM program, their number one question is how do we get uh, how do we get customers? All right, we have fifty people. They have millions. It's already there. The community is already there. They just have to give people the excuse to spend money on those microtransactions. And as I said, and, and this idea is not mine. This idea was actually Adams, Adam Scott's from D and D club. (laughs) And he and I, he was actually working on this a while back. And for reasons I will not go into did not happen. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that's what, that's what Jeff, why don't you come on the show and tell us about this? Um, But You know, if they just give people a place to go, because that's another thing. We keep hearing from new players, where do I go to find games? Where do I go go to find Mm -hmm. DMs and whatnot? Even though there's such a proliferation out there, but it's not all in one place. So they could say, guess what? Your account, your digital account now includes your online profile, okay, and you can also level up as a DM, as a player. You can transact, uh, make transactions that you may even be able to use on character in, you know, if your DM approves it. Um, I mean, there's just all kinds of shit that they could do. And they could gamify, like I said, they could gamify the experience of being a d and player beyond actually playing the game. And that's yeah. where they can bank.
2: Well, see, and now that's the thing too with the virtual tabletop. I feel like it it has like a more video gamey perspective, especially for like newer players coming in. They're gonna, I feel like they're gonna have that mindset, and I feel like that's gonna take away from like the in table games. Even though I haven't personally done one myself, but I feel like, you know, that's how D anD D started to begin with was just you know in person tabletop playing like this. Video gamey perspective, I think, kind of takes away the theater of the mind aspect. Way it's like it's one less thing that that is kind of integral to D D. Well, I think.
1: Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that that should enter the game space itself. I'm saying mm-hmm. that that's what happens in between your sessions. You know, like. It, I mean, you know, we've all been there. It's like, oh, my God, I really want to play, and my next session isn't for a week or two weeks or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you can do this stuff, you know, while you're waiting. I, I do agree with you fully that the game itself should not become like a video game. That would be yeah. really disappointing if that was the case. If it yeah, because
2: there. I feel like the way they presented it made it kind of feel that way. Yeah, and yeah that's why I was thinking like, Oh, well this is probably because they're trying to get that new audience and the younger kids involved in the game. But, um,
1: yeah, I mean the, the VTT should be a tool in a toolbox. It should not be experience itself. Uh, so there's, there's definitely that, um, pitfall. Uh, also I, yeah, I really, Jason, what's your, what's your, I know what your opinion is, but give it to us anyway. (laughs) No, I don't. I'm not saying that sarcastically. I know what you're going to say, but I want
0: everybody else I, to I be. mean, I've never been happy with any VTT solution, to be honest. I mean, as much as I enjoy Talespire and how easy it makes it for me to run online games, you still have the overarching problem of the evolution of the online community versus the de evolution of the. Um, in-person community. You're going to have a lot more opportunities online. You're going to have a lot more available players. You're going to have a lot more available um, uh, platforms, a lot more available tools, software. Um, Yeah. I mean... Yeah. They could um, say anything
1: the hell they want.
0: Right. When you see both a... When you see a shift coming in multiple layers a movie a version update and a shift away from the in um, the in-store model into the online model mm-hmm. is a three-pronged approach from a di- digital marketing perspective right they're yeah. they're using the platform of their media experience to sh- kind of flush out their demographic and they're yeah. looking for a demographic that has money, not for a demographic that has morality or nostalgia or community at heart or whatever. Right. And this, is the,
1: and this is why I am not a CEO <laughs> because I just, fair. you know, the product fair, like there,
0: this, you just, uh, you know, that, but the reality of the situation is they're in a transition. They're transitioning away uh, and this is why I really hope to have a good conversation with the Geeks and Tees folks, because I really want to get their opinion on whether or not they feel one d is a supportive platform for them, because do- I don't get the feeling that it is. Mm-mm. It doesn't feel like Watsy's future has very... It's going to have very little to do with the physical world. Now, could you become a very creative DM in this environment? Absolutely. You can... Um, exactly yeah
1: yeah that's a good Um, point gary i mean it's still huge. i I, I think
0: watsi so how could you be a creative dm with this coming up one thing you could do very creatively is you could have a 60 inch tv and a table so that if you wanted to use their vtt solution in a live game you could probably pull it off yeah use it sparingly use it with purpose use it with the intent of supporting theater of the mind do not lose focus on theater of the mind Yeah, because it's bad enough that sometimes you've become a lazy dm theater of the mind keeps your players from becoming lazy if everybody at the table is lazy eventually everyone's going to be pulling out their switches and you know playing animal crossing um yeah you know so the the future of this game unfortunately i don't think is retail supportive anymore i think they're going to try to build this out as a way to capitalize on the online shift the online shift is never going to go away Um, i'm proof that the online shift works i am visual actual proof that it works um i just don't think any of their tools make sense to me for the way i run my particular game someone else could think of it totally different and that's and that's completely fine but if the community thinks for even the briefest of microseconds that this is a community-driven company you are sleeping standing up yeah and owned by Hull, well, Hasbro, it's a publicly traded company yeah. they have to make a profit to justify their stocks and they you know they got to keep their shareholders happy yeah the only that shareholders happy is money the more you make the more you take the more you make your shareholders happy and your corporate you know thing can continue on now. Is there a giant world of independent indie creators out there you can utilize? Absolutely. I always say go there first. Oh, no. I always say go to your local store first and create mm-hmm. an ecosystem. Second, go find your indie players. Thirdly, if you have to put an online game together, find help and how, how to do it. Don't just presume there's only one way to do it. Corporate mentality wants you to feed at the trough. The cradle yeah. to grave mentality is mm-hmm. what corporations stick to.
2: Yeah, and that's why I'm like concerned about independent TTRPGs, like especially with like the rollout of when D That's gonna that's gonna be so much more harder for like places like Drive Through RPG to really like boost and help <laughs> independent games like Call of Cthulhu, Pathfinder, Warhammer. Like all these guys are just being like overshadowed by D D. One D and yeah,
1: <laughs> I know um, it's you know it's uh, the reason we're having this discussion is because we're all everybody who plays the game hopefully is really passionate about that. I know we all are, and it's really yeah. upsetting to think that such a good thing. It's you know it's one of those don't if it ain't broke don't fix it, and it's not broke. It just mm-hmm. needs to be. It needs to be focused. It's not broken. It doesn't need to be fixed. It needs to be focused. And Jason, everything you said is a hundred percent correct. And it's just my naivete that, you know, that Fair. says we to all, me in my We
0: all have that same night. Na- yeah. That us, says to me in it, my mind. Some of us call it naiveness. Some of it, some of us call it hope. Some of it we, we refer to it as I wish they would. But yeah, we've call all it what, used the vernacular in yeah, a different Call it ways. what you
1: will. Call yeah. it what you will, but, you know, part of me says that when you have a product as successful as this, through no fault of your own, okay, <laughs> don't fuck it up, you know? And the the feeding at the trough and the corporate mentality, um, I know, it always applies. Follow the money applies in every aspect of life these days. It's no <clears throat> fucking joke. Um, and it's a, it's a shame because it's a short-term uh, it, it's a short term um, or I'm sorry it's a short sighted mindset in my opinion because you know I, I correlate it to Star Wars okay we, talk, we talked about this a little bit when the, when the, when the prequels came out alright the uh, the impetus behind those was to garner a new audience not cater to people like you and me who, who grew up with those movies literally grew up with those movies
0: Ooh.
1: <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Tinfoil hat. That
0: actually, that actually derailed uh, Brian's train for a
1: moment. <laughs> I know.
0: What? <laughs> no, but, but
1: you know, when those prequels came out, kids didn't really get into them, and every Star Wars fan on the planet fucking hated them because they were atrocious. Mm-hmm. And what they didn't realize is, no, you cater to the existing fans who grew up with that, who now all have kids and will naturally get their kids into that. It's the same thing. Cater to your base, and they will bring in those new um, those new players and and users. I just it, it's it pisses me off. It really pisses me off, and I and that's why. <laughs> I really feel like they could fucking ruin this game, and I don't say that meaning none of us are going to be able to play D and D anymore. That's bullshit. I mean, we could all say right now, "I'm never spending another dime on D and D, and I'm going to play with what I have, and I'll be happy for the rest of my life doing that." But there's always that there's always that bit in your mind that says, "Why the fuck did they do this?" You know, it just kind of ruined the magic for me.
0: I feel so sad for you, Brian. I just, I just want to give you a blue pill and a red pill and see if I'll make happy until, until your base
2: dies.
1: <laughs> well, Harley Davidson. I guess that is a correlation. I, I don't know. I guess I can't argue that. Thanks, Jeff.
2: <laughs> so, what improvements do you guys want to see in One D and D? Top three.
1: Uh, like not high level stuff, tactical or strategic.
0: Anything. Boy, that's a great way to shut us up, Cher. I all know. right,
2: Chad. <laughs> it's just you and me now. Yeah. <laughs> what well, think? I
1: had all this negativity <laughs> built up and planned, and you fucking threw this curveball at me. God damn it!
2: We're going with forward thinking, guys. Come on. Forward thinking. There's I would like.
1: I would like to see. Like I said, an integrated digital experience that does give the opportunity to microtransact if you want, but it does not become dependent on that. And you don't feel like you're falling behind if you don't, okay? Um, Jason, if you got one, you can go, because I'm trying to think of my my two and three. <laughs> Uh, you know, I would also pretty- I would also like a a remaining core <laughs> set of rules and I would like a more organized system of homebrew-esque rules on top of that. Okay. Okay. Pursuant to their we're not we're not taking 5e away, we're adding to it. And then the right. last thing is oh, I know the last thing. <laughs> Which they already stated they're doing, which is very cool, which is bundle the fucking physical and digital books together and do- stop making people mm-hmm. pay twice. And I know why people – not many people knew that D&D Beyond, before Watsy bought them, had nothing to do with Watsy So you were buying from two different companies. They had nothing to do with yep. each other. So it was obvious that you're going to have to pay for it twice. Now they can finally give everybody what they want and say, you know what? Here's both. Here's it's an extra five bucks. Books are now 55 instead of 50 and you get the digital version two done. So there's my there three.
0: You go. I'm going to let yeah. you go first share as a player. Since you haven't had an opportunity yet, which one of these days I can't wait till you get the opportunity to be a, a, a deal. Oh, that's a good one too. Mm.
1: That's number four is stop with the, the level cap. I, I, I'm okay with levels.
0: I don't like the level cap. And I don't like the godlike yeah. level 20. So, from a player perspective, Cher, what do you think?
2: I'd like to see them publish the metrics, rules they use to balance background, classes, and races. Hey, very nice chat. Um, So you can modify your hope. Hey! Ah,
1: chat, you're over. All- oh, and I have a number five. <laughs> Uh-oh! You of rules. Fucking, Get rid of
0: fucking druids. <laughs>
1: hey. Hey.
0: Share Jason, as a player. What you, Share as a player. What are your top 3?
2: I mean, honestly, I've only been playing for about a year now. Um <laughs> <laughs> <the> Mayra's <laughs> metrics and <of> everything. <laughs>
1: For those of you that don't know, Mira is Sharon's character and <laughs> my, Vigo my... and Vigo was my returning character. I I I had like 3 Vigos after they kept dying.
2: Yeah, so Mira's my uh Druid Mira... Circle of the Moon character. She is awesome. Oh, she I will... like that.
1: Mira's metrics Mira's of the metrics. Multiverse. That's fucking awesome. Dibs <laughs> Let's trademark. <start> in
2: books. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, I totally agree with Torchseer with, you know, no level capping. I think the adventure should keep going. And, like, I believe it was in a previous episode or two where um we were talking about, like, oh, like, what do your characters do after level 20? There's, like, nothing. And, you know, there's that possibility of, like, oh, well, then, you know, at level 20 or after, maybe, you know, your character goes on a power trip and becomes, you know, crazy. And then heroes come after you instead that will prolong the story and maybe level up your person more or. Okay. Hold on now. I'll just stop right there. Cause then I thought about reincarnation. Then you the fight in the afterlife. I'll just stop right there. <laughs> um, but yeah. I, honestly, and I want candies and
1: unicorns and clouds.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Prancing in fields. We'll see. Here's the thing. Since I'm a new player, like I have a pretty positive perspective on DD right now. And like, it's it's a game full of creativity and like and people are improving it to make it better. I do see one D&D as a opportunity to make things easier for people and to kind of enhance the gameplay just a little bit more. But I do understand how people can be so passionate about these things and like it's an awesome game. You don't want it to be broken or you know, not fun to play anymore. But that's why I think it's really cool that like you have the rule of cool. You can make your own rules because that's what's awesome about D D. It's just creativity. You just go with it. And uh, yeah, I I always like to say positive things about D and D. I'm sorry, guys, but but...
0: <laughs> but the reason why I really wanted uh, uh, Barry to give her insight on that is that. You're the demographic they're going after. Yes. Well, You're their yeah. demographic.
2: Maybe like it would be great if like they had like a place where you can find, you know, uh games to look up. Or, you know, like uh Brian was saying about having a profile and just having people just, oh, okay, uh I'm I'm looking for a curse of straw campaign. Oh, let's filter that out. Or, you know, I think that would make it super simple because it's like, you know. Everything's scattered everywhere. It's good to just have everything in one place, but I feel like that might be too much of a dramatic overhaul, but then, hmm, because then I'm pretty sure they're going to have, like, pay-to-play DMs on there as well, because, like, even, like, for, like, the, um, like, D&D in a castle... They holy stuff shit, like that. you
1: just, you, you know, I, that yeah. didn't even occur to me is that they might kill the entire independent pay to play DM. Uh, well, they might try. Space. They might try. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, maybe, you know, So that could I'm be... about to age myself incredibly here.
2: <laughs> what there is this level 20? <laughs>
1: Well, well, I told right you, Gary games. and I have Gary and I have played for thirty some odd years together, and yeah, we've, I've never had a level twenty character ever. i my closest is in Jeff's campaign, and I'm nineteen.
2: We're gonna and boost my, it to uh, level fifty.
0: <laughs> my, uh, I have something that I've followed my entire life since I read the book. A uh, very incredible rogue that went by the name of Walter Slavatsky. Now, Walter Slavatsky is infamous for his laws. Let me present you with the most important law he ever introduced, law number 17. Law number 17, thou shalt always cover thine ass. <laughs> <laughs> so, my top three, <laughs> the name. The name the Are name. you
2: tying everything together the with name. your butt like <laughs> the you name.
0: started all right, so apparently Jason is a little
1: unclear on what
0: he would like to see. <laughs> they cannot approve anything that will appeal to me, so it's kind of irrelevant to me. Wow, um, you I thought I, I was underst- negative. I at Oh, least no, said it's not stump- negative. It's the most positive affirmation you could ever come to a realization with this game. My imagination has peaked to the point because I've come to accept their limitations, and therefore I aggregate the lore, the content, in a way... That allows the imagination of my creation to continue on, regardless of their kind of mechanical, like very delicate walk through a corporate mentality. So I don't, Mm -hmm. I'm okay with whatever they decide to do. It's not gonna make a difference in how I absorb the lore, the architecture of the content, because all I do is take a page from 20 different books and reorganize it in my OneNote. And then I write my summary and then I write my arcs. I build my cities and I build my villains and my good, good guys and my good people, and my bad people. And then when the players sit at the table, I look at them and go, okay, what do you want to play? How do you want to play? it? Mm-hmm. Do you really want to be a is... cleric or do you want to be a Templar? Do you want to be a I think that is thief? an
1: extremely healthy mentality towards the game. I also mm-hmm. would venture to guess that you are in the, extreme minority in that mindset, probably
0: but that's okay there's nothing wrong with that um no there I isn't i'm just my opinion mm. isn't meant to be negative my opinion is meant to be transcendent mm. eventually it'll happen to everybody over a period of time eventually you is... realize the 48 books that you have back on your shelf uh-huh are irrelevant if you don't play
1: well this is where Jason transcends into godhood as a celestial. <laughs> I have transcended the DM mold. Um, well, obviously, but if you don't play, then not, then all this is academic.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm this is, is my favorite think. Walter Slavatsky law. <laughs> a hero's work is never done, which is one of the minor reasons I don't recommend the profession. <laughs> <laughs> send me that link I, I will I'll send it to okay. you I, I, would say, I would say I would say my relationship with D&D Beyond has matured to the point where they don't really need me anymore I've already bought everything of value from them and now I'm more focused on the cool little niche creative space where on occasion uh, maybe a piece of art or some dice or a model because one of my players that sits at the table, she loves to paint models. So I may go out to the Etsy store, or I may go out to Twitter and look for independent creators for for ideas. Um, The different really cool .io's that are out there for creativity, I have moved on from D&D Beyond. Um, After the horrible um, nightmare of them pinning me to the ground, roofing me, and then taking my money for that piece of shit spell jammer book. They can all go fucking die. You
2: know what? Oh. I just
1: thought of something. Well, there goes there goes the chances of ever having them on its guest, you dick. Yeah.
0: You know what? I had a real fun email back and forth with them over the week um, with their, cust- their so-called customer service.
1: Oh, shit, and dude. You got to send me that. I, Wait, I, Sharon I, had something to say. I want to yeah, make sh- so Sharon, sure. Yeah.
0: Well...
2: I was thinking, like, you know how, like, there's a section in D&D Beyond where people can just create their own, uh, like, weapon, magic mm-hmm. items? All yes. the it would, stuff, yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it would be cool to have, like, a page where, like, there's, like, featured magic items, like, a feature of the week or something. And, like, people can really cater to that and uh, revolve around that community instead of it being just, like, a short list of everything. I think that'd be pretty cool.
1: Again, that, yeah. that falls into that curating the community. Yeah. And making it and making you feel like you're actually. See, they, there is obviously there is a D a very robust D D community. Watsy mm-hmm. has never dipped their toe into it or bothered to curate it at all. So if yeah. they were smart, that would be their number one goal, not rewriting fucking rules or even re- adding VTT to D beyond, or even fixing the goddamn programming. If they were smart and they really had corporate interests at heart, they would be all over that, like stink on a monkey.
0: Do monkeys stink? I don't think that's fair. Monkeys are pretty stinky. I don't think it's fair that uh, people are calling Russians orcs. That's very unfavorable to the orcs. I like orcs. <laughs> <laughs> They've taken their, they've culturally appropriated my orcs, and I'm very sad about it. Okay, uh, <laughs> I have no response
1: to that. Anyway, um, yeah, but Sharon, that's exactly that type yeah. of stuff is what I'm talking about when I say curating the community, and that is there is the biggest goldmine
2: mm-hmm. that
1: that they, for their sake, should recognize. Um, like
2: I would love to see an item of the week on the community. I think that'd be so cool, yeah. or like. Whole homebrew story of the week, or
0: share um, have you dipped into their forums yet that they have on D anD D Beyond? Not yet. You should give it a try. See what you think.
2: Yeah.
0: Right, but imagine you if you if you
1: were a player, Sharon, and you had your online profile, Sharon, mm-hmm. not your character, but Sharon Barrybot, okay, mm-hmm. and you were a level one player, and you were more, you became more involved in the forums, and you leveled up. It's like a Discord moderator. OK, and yeah. then you're a level two and then you're a level three and then you put some homebrew stuff up there and a lot of people really liked them. So they featured your homebrew item. Boom. Now you're a level one curator in addition to play, you know, magic item curator. That's what I'm talking about. So the the community itself becomes a game on top of actually playing the game.
2: Yeah. And when you level up, you could be like named like an alchemist or something or like a blacksmith. <gasps>
1: they- See how excited somebody gets.
2: So, I'm always excited. Yeah,
1: you're well. Yeah, you're welcome, Watsy. I'll send you my my bill for uh, strategic <laughs> consulting for, for this shit. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I think we've ranted our
0: our. Ooh, oh wait, maybe, maybe not.
2: Art <laughs> of, of the week. The there week.
0: you go. And what's really interesting that that brings up a interesting final point for me. The artificer class is one of the most inventive curiosity that I think they've come up with. It's a little bit of everything. There's like a little bit of everything in there, and you can tweak it to so many different unique ways that that make it so much more interesting and so much more fun to me. Oh Um, you know what they should do? They mm -hmm. should get rid of all the classes except Artificer. The druids (laughs) didn't. That wasn't my point. My point was <laughs> No, I was mocking they... myself for saying oh, that they're diluting gotcha. everything gotcha. to being the same. Gotcha. No, but I but I think it, <laughs> it you know, one of these days <laughs> we'll have a conversation about how you can literally just take the core system of the game and you can run anything you want. Yeah, in any fashion that you want. Whether you know, you you've, wanna... you have
1: brought that up numerous times, so I think we should do a show on that. Like, let's take Five E, its core, and play a space game, not Spelljammer, but a space game like Star well, Trek. I or mean, Star Wars, or we've already played a, a game.
0: You know, we've played a Steampunk yeah. game with it. I've written, yeah. um, I've written a Battlestar Galactica game that I haven't played yet. I've written, um, I've written a Star Wars game I haven't played yet. Um, I've written a Firefly game I haven't played yet. Um, you know I've written a western based on mm-hmm. Boot Hill but I kind of use the core system and western feats and traits um, you know so I've even dabbled in Deadlands a little bit. I've taken a look at you know all these things that used to exist and still do exist for the most part and I could run every single one of them off the core set. It's not that hard. Yeah, so I'm saying uh, we should I, do we should do a
1: show uh, on that.
0: You know, and I, I realize it's hard for Dungeons & Dragons to be treated like a GURPS-style yeah. game. I get that. But when you have a solid DC narrative system that works, you're right. They're just going to fuck it up if they try to change it.
1: And on that note... <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, release... Rollies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think All right. I, I won I, last time, didn't I? I think you did.
1: Yeah, I did. I have I the only die I have at my desk. And I have I'm like 7,000 dice time. downstairs, and I only have one at my desk. So it's my cursed little tiny metallic. So here we go. All right.
2: I'm going to use my Sailor Moon dice. Whoa. All
1: right. Uh, I got a, a a 10. I got a
0: four. I got a nine.
1: Oh, my uh, God. Take
0: it away, Bri.
1: All right. Um, okay. Well, anyway, that was an an interesting, if not somewhat. Hmm? Behave. Yeah.
2: Be Uh, yourself.
1: Be kind. Oops. We're not sponsored, (laughs) sorry. Um. We got the buzz. uh, Yeah, I got the buzz. That was a, a very informative and passionate if not entirely unfocused conversation about one D&D. Thank it was you. Really Ch- focused. I thought we
0: did okay. Uh, no, I, thought I think we did.
2: Everybody got involved, even the Absolutely. chat. You guys were Absolutely. great by the way. Yes.
0: Yes, chat, and thank you. All those names were amazing. Yes,
1: chat. Oh yeah, we got to start, we got to continue that. You guys send in more one uh, D&D replacement names. But thank you all in the chat for um, for joining and interacting with us. We appreciate it. Um, Jason, any announcements? I'm sorry, let's do Sharon first. Sharon, any announcements?
2: Hey, guys. So uh, thank you guys so much for joining us for another episode of Lawfully Chaotic. You can catch me here on, well, not here. You can catch me here Thursdays, you know, four to seven. Wait, no, not four to seven. I'm always getting that fixed <laughs> up. <laughs> Sorry. Now everybody's totally confused. Six, six, <laughs> <laughs> um, you can catch me here six to seven uh, Pacific time on the Lawfully Chaotic show, and also you can catch me on Saturdays at the D and D Club for the Grand Lands campaign, where I play as a Druid Calistar named Mera, uh, four to <laughs> seven PM Pacific time. So be sure to check me out there, and you can also follow me here on Instagram at BarryBot. So. I really appreciate you guys joining
1: us. Awesome. Jason, announcements. Uh, and where do we catch, find you?
0: Yeah, you can find me over at TTP, TTRPG Academy. TTP? Yeah, I know. um, RPG Academy. My LinkedIn, my Linktree socials, all that fun. You can even find me on LinkedIn if you want, if you ever want to just talk shop or business, or if you just want to learn how to be a pro DM, more than happy to sit down and train more. There's a huge need for for the ratio of me to players is a bit crazy. Um, I am working on two Spelljammer campaigns um, and I'm also working on a Homebrew Exandria campaign called the Maelstrom. And the Maelstrom Mm -hmm. campaign takes place right after Age of Arcanum and before Post Divergence. It's that primordial soup of time as everybody's clinging on to survival and trying to survive in the hellscape of the wild magic of post-Arcadian period um, because there's virtually nothing written about it, so it's my playground. I can do whatever I want. So I'm in the process of trying to build three new tables right now. Awesome. To bring your total to? Twelve.
1: Unbelievable. I don't know how you fucking have time for that. <laughs> um, awesome. Uh, as usual, you could find me at RPG and Co. Uh, Instagram is the best place to find me, but you can also check out my link to E at uh, slash RPGandCo.com. Link to e. e. I still don't know how to, how to really say that. Um, I will shamelessly plug my latest Critical Role contribution, which is the Bell's should. Hells t shirt. Uh, it's over at the Crit Role shop. Check that out, um, and uh, I think that is about it. So oh, Jeff wants to play in your game, so uh, I'll hook I'll hook him up with you <laughs> a- after. Um, but anyway, uh, thank you all for joining us again. Appreciate it. Play games. What is it, Jason? What's your uh, be kind? Be kind. Be safe. Be safe.
0: Play a game. It's good Play games, mental
1: health. And come up with a replacement for one D The name. <laughs>
0: Thank
2: you, guys. (laughs) Bye, everybody.
0: Bye.